Hi, my name's Shelley Flett, and I want to welcome you to season two of the Dynamic Leader podcast. In this season, you'll continue to hear insights, experiences, successes, and failures from leaders across a broad range of industries and business structures. You'll also hear me share my own insights and observations of how leadership is evolving, how we can better manage our workload and get the best from our people. I maintain that each of us needs to be open to sharing our experiences and making the leadership playground safe enough to fail, to grow, to have fun and ultimately become more dynamic. Thanks so much for listening. Hi, Rel. Hi, Shell. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Good. Great to be chatting to you on a Saturday. So good to be in jeans and a t-shirt. <laughs> And we picked white t-shirts today, unassumably. We didn't even know. <laughs> matchy, matchy. <laughs> um, so thank you for, for having a conversation with me. Um, we are talking about leadership today, but we're, we're sort of off topic a little bit. The Dynamic Leader uh, book um, season, which was season one of the podcast, is um, about to, well, it's already come to an end. Um, and so we're moving into our second season. And I think this is one of uh, a really good, really good way to kind of kick it off. Um, just about random topics that, that we kind of get stuck in as leaders. Um, so for all of those viewers or listeners who don't know, um, Narelle Burke is the head of talent and learning at Kantar Global. And the leadership. <laughs> she's, she's well versed in leadership. She is also, for those who may not know, my big sister. So she has been a leader for... Um, you know, I'd almost say almost five decades, but I think you might hit me if I said that. Um, <laughs> definitely four decades in that I've turned 40 this year. So um, you've been you've been a leader for a significant portion of your life, Rel. Thanks, Shell. That's lovely to hear. <laughs> not all not all but role model leadership behaviour, let's be clear. <laughs> it was, oh, that's a really, really good thing not to ever do. Thanks for that. <laughs> Glad I could help. So Narelle and I got to talking um, recently and, you know, it, I think Narelle is one of the best procrastinators that, that I've met. Um, and I do see a little bit of it running for our family um, with our auntie also holding a fairly uh, predominant procrastination banner. What are your thoughts on procrastination in leadership, Narelle? So I'm instantly going to disagree with that statement because it's, because it's me. Um, so I... So when we were having this conversation, um, you know, procrastination is one of those things where you go, are you putting off what you can do today? Is it a bad habit? And, um, and I look at procrastination as those things that you know you should do, but you don't get around to it or you delay it until it's just in time. And, and, um, and it can lead to some really um, unproductive habits. Um, and I would argue, Shell, that um, when I look at it, I'm actually not a procrastinator. I would have a different terminology for it. Oh, okay. So let's go back to high school. To <laughs> that was slightly different. <laughs> I've evolved since then. Uh, so what you've done is you've refined the art of procrastination and let's yeah. go. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Not at all. So, so I think I think there is um, what I've learnt over the last few years is if if you record what you do every day. So every day I record 
um, every block of time that I spend religiously. So you can go back over the last two decades and I can tell you exactly what I was doing at particular times. And I think when you take the time to do that, it creates patterns that you may not have been aware of before. And so I find it really easy to start my day with a list of things that I need to do to, to make sure that I get those things that are important signed off. And I do it. Um, it's done, it gets out of the way. But what I find is there's some work at times which I call deep thinking work or work that takes blocks of concentrated time or thinking to be able to help things to land. And the more senior I've gotten, the more you need that space and that permission to step back and to think. And I would actually um, say, Shell, that um, I'm less of a procrastinator and more of a percolator. Well, first of all, I love the fact that it's not <laughs> What we're saying is you've evolved from procrastination to percolation. <laughs> so I would say that um, what it has shown is patterns in my behaviour. So, so let me go back. So if I think about procrastination as things that you put off that you could have done today, and that's simple stuff. You should make your bed. You should do the dishes. You should do your washing. You should probably do stuff that's important um, at work. You should get that stuff done. And I find that stuff really easy. I get up in the morning. I whip through it. It's no issue. It's out of the way. You move on and, and you get it done. Percolation for me is a when I'm doing something for the first time, when I'm having to go into a space and really think about it and bring different um, pieces of information together, when I'm trying to create something new or I'm trying to take things in a different place. And what I tend to find is I need space in my diary to do that. So I need space where I can just think, read, reflect, um, pull stuff together, frame it out, storyboard it, um, and perhaps even go for a run or bring in some other information. And what I tend to find is that percolation, which is the ability to filter things through, the ability to allow things to float around and then land. And what I also find is if I try and force that process too soon, the work doesn't come out as well as it should have been. So there's also an element of heat or tension or being able to take the amount of time to allow ideas to come together to form, to separate them out, to pull them back together, and then it will land. And that time frame is quite uncomfortable for some people. For me, that timing can land relatively tight to deadlines. But if I try and do it a month in advance, it doesn't work. It, there, is, there, is a, there is a time pressure piece that comes into it when the best ideas land. And, I, and you talk to people and you reflect on it. And so I call that percolation. So what I would say is um, most definitely easy tasks get done. Don't tend to procrastinate on that. But what I do do, uh, what I do, do is take the time to be able to um, pull thinking pieces of work together. And that's what I call percolation. And I think there's a really important difference because otherwise you get a bad rap from your baby sister that you're a procrastinator and you're actually quite creative and deep thinking. <laughs> Look, as much as I'd like to argue with you on that, for the sake of arguing, because that's what I do and I think that's what a lot of younger siblings around the world do, um, I, I, do I agree. I agree completely. It's interesting. Um, I've recently um, attempted watching um, a Netflix series called Hannibal and, oh my goodness, that is one series that is a real eye-opener. 
Um, and there was a scene in it where um, the, the woman from um, the X-Files was on there. And Marcel said to me, that's that lady from the X-Files. And I said, yeah, what, what is her name? And now I purposely didn't look it up. It would have taken, you know, 10 seconds to, to Google. I would have had the name immediately. Uh, but I do this thing where I, where I go, mm, what is her name? And I just plant the seed and then I don't think about it. And then it will come up, you know, maybe in an hour, maybe three hours, maybe five, just the thought again. And it's like, mm, what is her name? And I was really conscious of it this time. So within two hours, I, I got the G. I was like, okay, her name starts with G. <laughs> Gina. Um, <laughs> and, I, and so I think of like, what is it? And I was like, no, it's, it's something that's like Julie or, or something like that. Anyway. I didn't fight it because when I, when I fight it, what happens is I lose it completely or it gets distorted with something else. And so I didn't fight it. I just let it go. And then, um, you know, the next day um, something came up and I was like, Oh, it ends in N. Her name. Is <laughs> and then I let it go. And so within three days and it took three days for it to come, I was like, Jillian, Jillian Anderson. That's who it is. That's her name. I hadn't thought about it. I mean, when did X-Files come out? Um, long time ago. <laughs> a long time ago. Um, and so what I love about that is it's there somewhere. And I'm, I'm curious about your thoughts. You mentioned as you progress through leadership, I wonder if it's as we progress through life, the more stuff we've got in there, the longer it takes to kind of filter through and gather and collect all these pieces of information from wherever it's stored in our brain. Yeah, it, it, it could be. And you're, you're definitely more of an expert in that space than me. I, I also think that the more, the more you shift from management and task, I need to get stuff done and make it happen. And we've got this real short-term nature about business, which is task, get stuff done, Trello boards, agile, make stuff happen, move it through get it happening, um, iterate. So there's this whole demand on time that happens. And I think one of the luxuries that we do not spend enough time in or give enough value to is that ability to step back, to bring different pieces of information together, to look at you know, whether there's synergies or whether you wanna decompress and pull stuff apart and bring different, different pieces together. But I think that's, that's one of the, the strengths that I bring to the roles is this ability to bring quite separate, distinct information together to form different patterns and different ways of moving forward. So, so I'll give you an example. So at the moment, I'm, I've, I've just picked up the inclusion and diversity portfolio. It's, I'm passionate about it, but it's a new area. So I'm, I'm having to go deep to learn about it, to find out, pull it apart and understand more about it but it connects through to different streams of work that I'm already working on. So there's, there's these pieces. And I'm also working through with internal teams around what it looks like. And I'm, I've just finished module three, um, which is great, really happy about it. And there was pieces of information that were landing as I was going through the work internally. And on the Friday, before I had to do a workshop on the, on the Monday, pieces of information came together, which formed the thoughts, which firmed up the frame, which then became what I did Tuesday. And then I brought in some other information from some workshops. So there's this, if you give yourself space and time, and it's not doing nothing, it's bringing thoughts together and helping to frame them, 
you start to get a broader thinking, bigger perspective, diverse points of view, and you can start to pull it together in your own way. And, and I think as managers and as leaders, we need to take time to give ourselves permission to have that creative space to, or to do that deep thinking. And, and also when you look at your diary, so if I look at my diary, Microsoft Teams has just come up with a way of being able to schedule time to focus. Real time to focus, you need blocks of time, two to three hours to be able to get into flow to really pull things apart and research it. So I think, Shell, I think age might be something to do with it, but I also think the more senior you get, the more deeper thinking you need to do and you need to pull back and you need to make schedule, you need to be able to schedule time in your diary, which is an absolute rare commodity. So I think there's a few things in there. If you do, it comes together in such a beautiful way. I, um, you've reminded me of a book that I read um, last year and it's called Hyperfocus by Chris Bailey. It's a fabulous book, but he talks about two concepts and it's interesting what you're saying about creating time. So getting into flow state or getting into the zone or the area where we focus on requires a whole lot of energy and um, attention and it allows us to do um, logic or logical tasks and difficult tasks um, a lot quicker than what we would if we weren't in flow state um, because we're able to, to get in and be uninterrupted. So I think you could probably do something in a third of the time when you're in flow state. Okay. What he talks about as well, though, is that you can't be in flow state all of the time because it does take a whole lot of energy. Yeah. Um, but he talks about this other concept called scattered focus. And scattered oh, focus, I love that. <laughs> yeah. So he says there's hyper-focus on, on one side and we've got to make time for ourselves to be really focused and, and um, pay attention. But he said then there's this opportunity for us to move into scattered focus, which is where creativity comes in, mm. which is where we allow our mind to wander. But it's different to um, daydreaming in its, in its I guess, um, conventional sense. It's mind-wandering, but it's... it's um, intentional mind wandering and you're taking uh, notice of it so you're observing your own mind wandering and you're capturing little bits of ideas information um i don't know whether ms teams has done this already but um flow state or getting into high focus usually works best in the morning whereas scattered focus is better when your mind is a little bit tired and so your your logical mind switches off and your creative mind switches on um and so there's a there's a combination that i see in in being able to schedule agreed. agreed and and like i mean i'm glad you glad you brought that up so if and it depends on what state so if i go back to um percolating ideas depends on what state i am in the process so what i've also found over time is if i'm if i'm new to something or i'm trying to figure something out i'll go wide and I might read something. So I'll be sitting on the couch with Mark watching TV and I'll go, something will come to me and I'll just research it and Google it and go off on a little Google adventure and find out more about it. Then I'll put it away and then I might come back and then I might read something or I might hear something or I might talk to someone about something. And you've got all these pieces and that scattered focus that you talk about or you're in the shower and a word will come to you like, God, I need to write that down. That was, that was really interesting. And so I think those pieces at the start for me, which is probably about four weeks, three to four weeks out from something, you get this broadening. And then as you, what I also find where the difference between percolating and procrastinating comes in is if you spend too much time in scattered focus and don't start to 
condense the ideas, start to bring them down into, you know, themes or context or exploration pieces, you don't get there. And then when I come up towards the end of it and I'm storyboarding or I'm pulling the ideas together, I have to get uber focused, otherwise I get scattered again. So for me, what you're, what you're talking about is how it works. And mine tends to be more focused in the afternoons because that's how it works in the, and then um, sort of scattered in the mornings and evenings. But I think the difference between percolating and having that ability to create and to think is knowing when to come out of scattered focus and into hyper focus because otherwise you end up analyzing too much too many ideas you don't distill it you get confused it becomes overwhelming does that make sense because i think you've just nailed it beautifully well chris bailey did for sure um it's great. <laughs> I, will, I will definitely take the application of it though um you do you think that um people can learn to do that like i sort of see that as a bit of a self-reflective exercise on um what was the outcome what was the process did the process that i followed deliver me the outcome that i wanted if not well what other process have i done where it has delivered me the outcome and what what, what did i do differently there or what what were the components of it and that that um yeah the, the mind wandering or the the going around in circles or the getting lost in whatever it is the, the whole realm of the thing that you're doing is part of the process do you think it's do you think you need to be aware of yourself to figure that out um it's a really good question because i've only become aware of this like i mean relatively like i knew it happened but i felt guilty for it happening because i could have delivered something in you know an eighth of time but it wouldn't have been as good and so and so i think so I can only talk about my experience. So my experience has been like, I mean, I think labels can be really, really challenging. So if you had have asked me a year ago, I would have said, I can get stuff done two timelines and I push the limit on that, but I make stuff happen I and I'm driven. So I deliver. Um, but the process getting there, if you asked me to reflect on it would have been interesting and messy and confusing. Um, now, now that I can put some language around it, which is, you know, since I can remember growing up, this is how I've, this is how I've worked. Like you've known me a long time, Michelle, and, you know, delivering assignments on the day it's due after pulling an all night is my idea of creativity under stress and pressure. And, and I do my best work then. So I, I think I, whether it's a learned behavior or it's something that you can do, I think one of the best things I ever did was um, writing down what I actually do and recording and tracking what I do, because what it gave me an idea of is how I was working and being conscious of um, finding out what worked for me, how, how I actually got work done, and then breaking it down into stuff where I needed to do deeper thinking. So my, my advice to people would be read about it, but then figure out what you're actually doing so you can decide, is it working for me or is there stuff that I can, that I can do differently to reflect on it? My observation would be that um, if you need a process and you're driven by process and that works for you, find a process and tweak it and, and have it work for you. If you're more like me, which is freedom, flexibility, fun, don't confine me, 
then figure out how you can build time into doing something that probably comes naturally when you're running or in the shower or, you know, distracted. So I think know what you're doing, figure out what works for you, find time, balance, getting stuff done and being focused with time to think and reflect and be creative. Mm, I love that. I think it's a really good um, metaphor from, um, you know, for the, particularly those who love coffee. Um, if you don't like coffee, then consider it, uh, you could steep instead of percolate. I mean, that would be... <laughs> Not quite as catchy, but sure. <laughs> or uh, infuse or something. Um, no, I, I, love, I love the I love the concept of it. Um, I was talking with a, a, um, actually my writing partner. So in the process of writing a, a third book um, with another um, author at the moment, and um, we were talking about the process of getting each topic done and um, the frustration that kind of occurs with the ah I, I wrote this article. Um, you know, I started it at the beginning of the week, and then I just sat for three days and I, and I went in and I did another sentence and then I went out and, um, and so for me it is, I've got to get my original thoughts out on paper because if I don't, I, my mind is not open to all the other stuff. So where you're talking about that divergent thinking, which is interesting because it's part of, you know, the whole human centered design principles. Um, but part of the divergent thinking is that I get rid of, like I get out of my head what's in there as it comes up. Otherwise, I tend to just marinate on those ideas. Yep. As opposed to allowing other stuff to come in. So, um, but that's my process. And, yeah. and I know my process. So it's like, well, I'm not actually going to progress with this. It's not going to get any better until I download and get everything out onto paper. And then I go away and I allow the, the other stuff to come in. And what I end up with is generally nothing like I started with. It, it changes as you're thinking. And, and, and I think that's the other thing that I found. So years ago, I would put off tasks that I, that I could get done, which crowds the mind, crowds the space, takes up mental space, which doesn't give you time to go into, um, for me, doesn't give me time to go into more of that creative space. So the other thing that I've learned is the stuff you have to get done, that is simple tasks, get it out, get it done. Um, and I sort of use, you know, do, defer, delete, delegate. You just get it out of the way and make it happen. And the more you do that, the more space you create to go into other places as well. So I think it's just finding out how do you get more deep thinking, more space to and give yourself permission to explore and to have some fun and to bring different concepts together. Because that's what we're paid to do as leaders. You know, it's about strategy and development and creativity and innovation. Give yourself permission to percolate. <laughs> Hashtag permission. <laughs> that's fabulous. There are some fabulous insights um, there. And so I think what I'm, you know, what I'm hearing is, you know, advice for leaders is start to start to take notice of what you're doing. What programs do you use or what's the system for capturing your what you're doing with your time. I mean, I know calendar is forward thinking, but what are you doing to capture what you've done with your time? Yeah, so I, I block everything. So the system that I use every morning, I get up and do um, a review of my day. I put down any tasks that have to get done, my big three things so that I'm focused on that. It goes into a written calendar and I also log it into my calendar. So anyone over the last however long, office has been around can see exactly how I've spent every day of my time over the last few years. And, and I think it's a, it's a way of 
reflecting and reviewing, but also forward planning as well. So yeah, I'm, I'm really strict around it because as much as I hate process and planning, it is, it gives me space to free up what I'm actually good at. I'm so glad you raised that uh, because I, I hear a lot of people go, mm, it's not my thing. I don't like to do that. And um, you know, if, if you're a leader and you haven't found the, a way to organize yourself so that things kind of happen in a predictable thought routine. out well, routine, um, then actually you're spending a whole lot of time and energy just doing the basics. Whereas yep, what you're agreed. saying, I know my basics, they're in there. I, I get up, I do them every morning. It's the beginning of my day, which allows then allows me to then have that creativity, that spontaneity, that, you know, unplanned um, kind of space to play. So I think that's also really, really important. It's something I've been talking to leaders about, um, particularly those who go, yeah, it's okay for you, Shelley, because you're, you're really organised. I'm like, yeah, but I being really organised and assuming that I like being organised is, yep. is often incorrect. I love, I love spontaneity. And, you know, I think that comes from our upbringing where, my, where our dad would walk into the house and say, right, you've got half an hour to pack your bag, get in the car, we're going. <laughs> and, you know, you'd go from home, hanging out to where are we? we don't know when we're going to be back. Um, and he did that our whole life. So I love the spontaneity and I love, I love being able to go on adventures and do that kind of thing. And the reason I can do that still with three kids, my own business and all of that kind of thing um, is exactly what you're talking about is because I plan it and I organize it and, and I save time and energy on the basics. And, and it, it raises a point in terms of um, with leaders, personal effectiveness isn't about what you like. It's not. Personal effectiveness is as a leader, am I effectively managing where am I spend my time and the impact that I create? Am I able to do the work that I need to do for myself, for my team and the organisation I work in? So personal effectiveness for me is not a choice. If you have not figured that out, as a manager or as a leader, it is going to get you in trouble at some point in time because your ability to get work done, whether basic tasks or deep thinking work is what you're paid to do. And we all have the same amount of time. How you organize it, how you plan it, how you manage it determines how good you are as a leader. I really can't add to that. It's perfect. What Narelle said, everyone. <laughs> Plus some really good behaviours and being ethical, but you know, figure out how you work. It's a fundamental. Um, if you if you don't get that right, everything else is really really hard. Absolutely, hundred percent agree. Thank you so much for taking the time to um, speak with us um, today. It's been a pleasure. Um, if anyone's interested in hearing more from Narelle, um, connect with her on LinkedIn um, and watch her crazy antics in the workplace. They're not crazy, actually. They're very well polished. Clearly, she does her. <laughs> and I'm going to say, so Shelly, now you say I percolate. I don't procrastinate. Hashtag older sister. <laughs> and I promise never to call you a procrastinator again. That's my oath, my, my pledge to you as, as your sister. Uh, procrastination <laughs> is off the table and percolation is on. So um, permission for all you uh, younger siblings to do the same with your, uh, your, older, your older brother or sister. Um, but thanks again, Narelle, appreciate it. And uh, everyone else, we will be back um, in whenever we're back, really, when, when we plan it. So uh, we'll chat with you then. Thanks.
Thanks again for listening to another episode of The Dynamic Leader. There is no better time than now to work through your leadership and people strategy, to establish what the future might look like for your business and how you might empower your people to help you succeed. It is through building the capability of your people and reducing their dependency on you that will keep you moving forward at pace and will see you remaining relevant in the future. I have worked with over 100 businesses across almost as many industries and seen firsthand the challenges that come with employing, engaging and managing staff. If you're looking to improve how you lead, why not reach out for a conversation? In the meantime, thanks so much for joining me and stay awesome.